here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to J-Cast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald. I'm back in Shaman. I just arrived. Damon's still in Tokyo. How are you holding up? We're, we're good. The feet are, all, are are blistered over from walking. Um, the back is in uh, is shot uh, from Cork and Hall. There's not a comfortable seat in that building, and I feel like I've lived in it for for quite a few moments this week. And but I'll tell you what, my spirits are super high. I'm 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 so happy. One, well, listen, I'm so happy. Number one that. I'm in Tokyo. It's my favorite city in the world. I, I'm I'm in love with it. It's just a wonderful place to be. Um, I'm happy that I got to finally meet you, right? And 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 you know we had we with the short amount of time that we had together, I think we had a blast. And and your wife is lovely, and your friend is is tremendous, and uh, you know it's that. And then three, I, I'm I'm overwhelmed. And I know that you got a, a, a real good taste of it. I'm overwhelmed by the amount of people that c- came up, said hello, um, and just the general feeling of, you know, for like a, you know, just a, the general feeling that everybody is there f- to support pro wrestling, uh, whether it's New Japan or whether it's NOAA or whether it's Big Japan or wh- whatever the case may be. They're all pro wrestling fans, and it's it's a it's a real special week. I I, I love it, and I mean I'm sure I'll get more in, you know touch on that and get involved in that, but uh, on, on this show, but just to open it up, that that that's my state of mind right now. Just uh, I can't believe I'm here. I'm thrilled with what's happened so far, and I still got a couple more days to go. Yeah, it was been an absolutely tremendous week, hasn't it? And it kind of weird for me, given that I have been talking to you for the best part of a year, but this is the first time we actually met face to face, but it was like we'd known each other for ages and we had a lot of fun. And like you, I'm also humbled at the amount of people who came to speak to us and express their gratitude for, you know, us talking crap about pro wrestling for <laughs> two hours a week. It's, uh, yeah, it's really quite special. I just, I feel like we have to give shout outs to all the awesome people that we met. Uh, I guess let's say thank you to WH Park. He organized that, uh, the brunch that we had at TGI Fridays before. And that was a huge success, I think, right? I mean, I think that to me, you know, we filled how many tables? Four or five at least, and big tables. Um, he was he was, he was, was awesome. He was funny. I mean, he's busting my balls about Duran Duran albums, and, and uh, he was a great guy. And um, I, was, we, I was happy to share the bill. Um, the billing, not the bill. <laughs> we all paid ourselves. Um, 
but yeah, he was a, he was he was awesome. Uh, WH Park uh, and and all the Post fans and people that came to support Post, uh, thumbs up because um, couldn't you couldn't meet a better guy. And of course, Mister G One himself, Fraser. Who oh. he- yeah. What what an absolute legend that guy is. Came through for us with the New Year Dash tickets and just what what a guy in general. Yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously, what 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 a what a what a gentleman he is. Um, he again, I've I've told the story a million times about how he met and 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 then when I found out who he is, um, <laughs> I was a little humbled. <laughs> but he's such he's just such a down to earth guy and a real funny guy and a and a. And a class act, and he always dresses great, even when he's casual. Oh, I, he just looks so good. I, I was telling Joel that Dash as we was walking away. I was like, man, I fucking hate that guy. He looks so good, <laughs> so jealous of him. I mean, if I could spend one day in, in his shoes, it would, be, it would be wonderful. But yeah, he gave us the hookup, and he is just an awesome guy. And um, I mean, again, just that story of how quickly that all transpired. I mean, you were going. And then, you know, I get a text from you inside the dome saying, well, guess I'm going too. <laughs> so, uh, again, just an absolute legend, and he deserves all the, all the praise in the world from, from this show. Um, and if you don't follow him on Twitter, please do so now because uh, he's, just, he's just a great follower and a great guy, and he deserves it, and I can't thank him enough bit of a celebrity too all the way through Karakuan Hall you get people pointing and going ah oh, ah oh, G1 G1 yeah yeah he is he's a big deal over there Listen, he's, just, he's, he's a big deal he's a big deal everywhere um, but yeah he's just a great guy and, and again I really appreciate him and you know he was hooking us at the end at Cork and we'll we'll have a little segment or a little little spot on uh, some New Japan world feature um, and he was putting us over big time. He's like f- famous pod New Japan podcasters, and we're like, well, I don't know, if, I don't know if we're famous. Millions but. of listeners, yeah, right. I'm like, well, um, I mean, I'll accept it, I guess, but uh, that's fine. But yeah, he uh, he is the best, and we can't thank him enough. And he is a friend of the show for life. I need to say thank you to Jojo Remy as well, who hooked me up with uh, awesome tickets for Wrestle Kingdom itself. And it was awesome, Damon, for me to meet some of our Japanese listeners. Uh, again, just just a really humbling experience to think of people, you know, listening to us in their second language and getting a kick out of it too. So, uh, Kuni, the Kuni Saito, the guy who helped me, well, who I basically stole the idea from him for doing the power <laughs> rankings with the, the tag league stuff. He came up and said hello in Karakuen, and Manabu, who oh. we met at the brunch. Uh, who wasn't even going to the Wrestle Kingdom, but just dropped by to say hello, and I had a great time chatting to him, and he, he was giving you some little music presents, gave us some magazines. Just what an awesome guy. What an awesome guy, right? He Again, he comes to the, the, the Tokyo Dome, Wrestle Kingdom Day, because he knows we're, we're there, and he's a listener of our, our show, and he and I'm starting to actually get a little emotional <laughs> over this. Um, like, he comes for us. Because he listens to the show, he doesn't. He doesn't have a ticket, and we offer to buy him a ticket, to just because he's there. And he's like, "No, I come." And he, the last time I saw him, he gave me um, menswear, the CD, and I can't, you know, I can't find it in in the states, and I even had trouble finding it in in London when I went. And this time he uh, he had uh, DMAs. Japanese uh, version of DMAs, and uh, I mean, Joel was standing right there when it happened, and he he saw me. It was 
that's what I'm talking about. It's that kind of shit that happens here this week that overwhelms you and you can't believe any human being <laughs> would would be so kind, right? You, you just, I, I, I don't, you know, I, you know, I'm a piece of, <laughs> you know, I'm not worthy of that. And, and they do it and, and it, it means the world and, um, yeah, it's very special. So, and, and again, the, the, the kindness that they have and the support that they show us and, and our show is, it, it's overwhelming and heartwarming and, and I can't thank them enough, um, both of them. We stole the poor guy's idea, and he's coming up and thanking us for his, you know. And we're like, "Listen, you did the work, and Joel kind of took it from there." But you know, he his idea helped, you know, thousands of, or as Fraser likes to call it, millions of, of listeners. Um, you know, during that World Tag League, right? And, you know that his idea sparked that, and and we told him, you know, it, your idea was, you know, helped a lot of listeners, you know, find find some goodness in that tag league <laughs> so um it's awesome right i mean and that's just those are just two people who else we got we got probably got a million to thank yeah thomas who we met in the other side of the barricade at Krakowin. really interesting picking his brains yeah give yeah. us a call thomas let's uh sort something out yeah oh yeah thomas uh well listen let's just say that um we're we're, we're hey, listen people in the company listen and there's there, there's no, there's no uh we weren't we never doubted that and you know just just nice to have a conversation and a, and a little uh acknowledgement you know that that there's the, the company is listening and uh they're listening to our voices and your voices through our voices so um that was very nice to hear and get that kind of positive feedback so uh thumbs up we'll 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 be in touch certainly and also, you got to meet, well, not just meet, but sit next to famous cosplayer Red Shoes Yamano. Yeah, how great was that? So, again, outside of uh, the Tokyo Dome, it's 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 a party, right? And everybody's got drinking and everybody's uh, getting pictures taken with, with cosplayers. And, you know, it's kind of sad in a, in a sense, but exciting in another because the show's starting. But you got to get in line and there's a you know massive line. You have to get in, into certain gates based off your tickets. So it's like time, you know, party time's winding down, but you know the show's going to start. So everybody kind of splits off and and goes, and you know you're kind of like, oh yeah, everybody have fun, but you know that the party's over. Um, and I get you know to my seat, and I'm sitting there, and then you know he comes right right there, and I was like, I'm looking, I'm like, wait a minute, is that because he didn't he was covered up, he was, he was wearing a jacket. And I was like, is that the red shoes guy? And he sits down, and then he's like, oh, he points at me. I point at him. He's like, oh, because you know, I was fawning all, all over him outside. Great guy. And uh, he posted a, a little picture of me and him on, on, on his Twitter account. And apparently, he was, I was very popular. Um, no, no ladies have contacted us yet, Joel, right? I just want to make sure. There's, there have been no ladies trying to get a hold of me, right? Give it time. Okay. All right. Um, I'm excited. Um, but, yeah, he was a great you know it's it's fun again it's it's the love of pro wrestling that this place just festers and and i'm i'm going to say something this this trip was very difficult for me to pull off and then Joel knows that the the, the night before i wasn't even going to get on the plane because i it's just you know, sometimes the the mind does what the mind does, and you know it just you get in a state 
and you work yourself in it, and that's that. But you know, I got I, I got on it, and then and that's through the 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 love and support of friends and my wife, who has been an absolute angel through all of this. Let that be said. Um, but it's but you know you get to Tokyo and it's you 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 it that kind of melts away right all that all that nonsense melts away so here's what I'm going to say um i know that there are people that aren't going to tokyo for a myriad of reasons whether it be financial or you know maybe you just you're afraid and and there are people that have come up to me this week and were like yeah i'm alone and it was blah, blah. and 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 i made sure that I said, well, listen, if you see us, you're with us. You can hang out with us and just, just come along for the ride, right? Because I don't want you to sit in your hotel room and be afraid of a, of a city that, that it, you know, on, on the surface can be very intimidating, but it's really not. Um, and I want to share that with people. So if you're on the fence and you are that type of person who, you know, struggles with stuff like that, find it, Find whatever you can, and 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 it's easier said than done. But push through it, because the the the, the pot of gold at the end of the, of the rainbow is is magical, and it will change your life. I promise you. So next year, um, everyone listening to this who's on the fence for that specific reason, um, I I hope to see you, and I hope you come up to me, and I hope that for whatever whatever reason this changed your mind or or motivated or helped you overcome something that you're struggling with because I know it, I've, I'm there, and um, even coming home has been a struggle. <laughs> um, I, I had to pay $1,300 for, for uh, out of my pocket So uh, just the other day. So um, look, it's worth it. It's money, and you, you, you find a way to make it, and I'm rambling. So um, steer the ship, Joel. It's, I'm done. <laughs> okay. I think one of the memories that I – that's going to stay with me the longest, aside from the actual shows themselves, was those hours before Wrestle Kingdom actually started where everyone's just hanging around outside the Tokyo Dome. You know, it's a bit cold. You're standing in the sunshine. You've got a few strong zeros, a few snacks. Uh, you're getting your photos taken with the cosplayers and just hanging around chatting with all these people, all those awesome people, you know, Claire, Kyle, Eric, so many awesome people that I got to meet that day that you just, you meet the first time and you're friends straight away just because of that shared love of pro wrestling and that was a really special moment and also what was special we got to meet big dave at Karakwam, big yeah. dave Meltzer, and i got to shake hands with harold may in the dome as well and i got a little sticker saying that i'm a, a great new japan fan or something like that so uh there we go rubbing shoulders with top brass <laughs> we were, we're in we're in uh, and again listen um uh, it was a, such a pleasure meeting you, and 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 again, yeah. We, and I was nervous. I'm like, I told you when we met at the with, at the pub, I was nervous. I was like, oh my god, I'm meeting a guy for the first time. I'm sitting here like, you know, uh, and I've talked to him for over a year, but you know, the first time because you always have, at least I do, and I told you this that is, you know, I don't want people to be disappointed. You know, it's like, oh, there's Damon, oh, shark, and all right. Um, so I kind of like the idea of just it just being a voice, but nah, man, you were great, and again, your wife, she was adorable. Um, we dragged her to Folly's party. <laughs> you know, it's, it's pretty amazing what happens when a couple of beers get in you, and then um, yeah, we wound up at Folly's party. 
That's the first question we got here. TJ asking the big question, how was Farley's place and have you been co-opted by the Bullet Club? Because yeah. th- that was an idea that we hadn't really planned, but we're sitting there in this like English pub and I can't remember who came up with the idea. It was either you or maybe it was no, Kyle. Kyle, just, yeah. Kyle Kyle's and... a troublemaker. Yeah, Kyle's the troublemaker. <laughs> yeah, so he found out that Farley's party was, uh, well, s- supposedly around the corner. It turned out to be a bit harder to find than we thought it would. But uh, that was quite an experience, wasn't it? We had fun, right? Um, it was crowded and it was smoky, and but we were talking to uh, our good fr- our, fr- our good friend of the show NRA for quite a while, um, and uh, you know we're, we're talking, you know, listen, why don't you come on the show and and all that kind of stuff, you know? And again, it's over a couple drinks, so we'll see if what happens with that. But um, yeah, it was fun, and everybody seemed to be having a good time, and everybody there, you know, look, every you know how we. We bust balls and we we joke around, thinking you know the stereotypical American Bullet Club fans. But everybody was cool, you know. Everybody was uh, you know uh, having there to have a good time, and and that's what's important. So uh, what Folly was there, we got a, a picture with Folly. But everybody, see everybody, everybody fucked me over on that one because because we were supposed to have that scared look on our face, like oh shit, he's he knows us or you know that that was the look I was going for. But I looked like a like a serial killer. <laughs> And every smiling, and I got this dumb look on my face. Um, but Folly was cool. And then I think right after we left, um, Jay White showed up, and who else showed up? Do you know who else? I think Tamatonga might have come at some point. I was amused to hear that Jay White, when he turned up, was just healing everybody, yeah. just scowling at people, refusing to you know chat or take photos and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then. Um, you know, even even at our meetup, that was a huge success. Um, not to change subjects, and I just want I just want to give a special nod. Uh, you know, um, I'm, I'm sure you know Estevan from the you know his he, he's look he's trying to do something good for the fan and, and the community at large that loves New Japan Pro Wrestling, and it's you know it's I can't say it's been the easiest climb for him to to make this work, but it's his dream, and, and, he, and he wants to do it, and. And uh, I'm impressed with the fact that he's, you know, sticking his neck out there, you know, both personally and financially and trying to make this make this thing a reality for the benefit of everybody. So, um, you know, he, he I, I, I got to give a special nod to him because he's he's uh, I appreciate what, what he did for me and, and tried to do and um, all of that. So so, again, I just want to acknowledge that. OK, well, let's get into the show itself. Wrestle Kingdom 13 in the Tokyo Dome. Pre-show number one contenders gauntlet match for the Never Openweight Six-Man Tag Team Championship. The team of Ryusuke Taguchi, Toriyano and Togi Makabe defeats all the other teams. David Finley, Jeff Cobb and Yuji Nagata. Chucky T, Beretta and Hiroki Goto. David Boy Smith Jr., Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki. And Marty Skull, Yujiro Takahashi and Hangman Page in eight minutes. No, it can't have been eight minutes. I was looking at the, uh, the New Japan website. I, I guess that eight minutes was just the final section of the match between... Uh, uh, Taguchi, Yano Makabe, and Killer Elite Squad, uh, Minoru Suzuki. Um, but yeah, that was your gauntlet match. It's pretty fun. I particularly enjoyed Goto coming out to the ring in a tracksuit. He just could not I be know. bothered at all. Uh, we had uh, the Elite having a bit of a fight, chasing Yudro, quit the Elite. Uh, I don't think that was picked up by the cameras, but we saw it. We had David Finley picking up two pins, which usually means something when you're talking about New Japan booking. Not sure what exactly, but... I'm sure he's got something lined up in the not-too-distant future. Really cool moments we've seen Nagata and Suzuki, who wrestled each other in high school. Um, Suzuki taking a lot of slow-motion bumps, which I became aware of after Manabu pointed out that Suzuki doesn't bump well. 
And then after he put that idea in my head, I was watching Suzuki with a very critical eye, and he does kind of have a point. Uh, but it seemed like KES were doing most of the work in that match. Uh, they were great. And I quite like the chemistry between the Yano, Makabe, and Taguchi team. They're a fun team. So, Gentlemen's 3, it was a, an entertaining way to start the show. And what do you think? Yeah, um, here's the thing. Everybody was hyped, right? So, I think if, if any match that's going to get crowd support and, and just love anything that happens and everybody's going to hit their shit... Um, you know, your, your, your gauntlet match in your opening match of the night where everybody is, is pumped and jacked up, you know, how can you go wrong? Right. So I think it's fair to say that you're starting at, at a match like that at, you know, you're setting the bar at like a, a two and a half, three right out of the gate, just, just because of the energy in the building. Uh, but I thought they did good. Everybody look, it, that's a tough spot to be in too. If you, you're, you know, even though you do have overwhelming crowd support. You know they can die. You can kill them. <laughs> you can kill the mood. So and and your job is to not do that. And as a matter of fact, your job is to really get them hyped up. So uh, and at the same time, you want to get all your shit in and you want to look good. And and this is your moment in the sun, so to speak, on, on a big show. And there's lots of people that weren't on that show. And so you know I'm sure they felt privileged and honored to do so. So um, yeah, I, I'm I'm probably in the three. Um, I mean we're just hitting threes at this point. But yeah, I'll give it the three because uh, again, everybody worked hard and tried and hustled, and um, it, you know, I can't say that there was particularly much that for me that really stood out, like uh, you know, something I'm going to you know a, a Wrestle Kingdom memory from this match. Uh, but it's a three; it's fine. And then we got some huge announcements about what's in store for 2019 for New Japan Pro Wrestling. We got some show announcements, so. The big takeaways were that there's apparently no Sakura Genesis or Invasion Attack this year. That looks like it's being replaced by the Madison Square Garden show. We've got a London show coming up on August 31st in, I think it's a seven and a half thousand seat venue, the Copper Box Arena. That's a, a multi-sport venue used for the 2012 Summer Olympics. Big, big news. We've got the Best of Super Juniors final at Ryogoku Sumo Hall. And you, you notice in that video... There was a lot of footage of Hiromu, so you've got to think he's going to figure into that somehow. Uh, we got a G1 opener in Dallas. So the first night of the G1, July the 6th, in the American Airlines Center, which is about 18,000. That arena is owned by Mark Cuban, who also owns Access, the channel that NJPW airs on in the States. So wondering about that, are we going to get a double block, maybe A block and B block in one night? They are running uh, Budokan Hall again for the final three nights of the G1. And massive news, we have got two shows in the Tokyo Dome next January, January 4th and January the 5th. That's pretty So what did you think of these? How surprised were you about these announcements? Well, um, the the London one, I was clued in on a little bit before, so that wasn't too much of a surprise. Um, The Dallas one, I know, I knew... I know that they're looking at running bigger buildings, and I don't think that's shocking anybody, right? Um... We talked about on this show many times, Joel, that we we really wanted them to get out of this conservative mindset, right? Because we felt like, hey, you know, you could be in bigger buildings, and you could, you you really could. But nobody said anything about double booking the dome. <laughs> that was the furthest thing from my mind. Um, when they announced it, I actually turned to, to the red shoes guy, um, and I went. I point, you know, I had two fingers. I was like, two 
here? And he's like, yep. <laughs> what? Uh, that's, that's a big deal. I mean, I mean, obviously it's a big deal. Um, here's my biggest fear with that, though. And again, we don't know anything yet, but let's, you know, I'm, I'm super positive on this. So don't get me wrong, kids. But let's, let's not have it be too watered down Tokyo Dome shows. And it's not going to be. I, I can't imagine it being watered down. But I don't, what I don't want is, is a watered down two shows in lieu of one big massive show like we had here, you know, just a few days ago. Um, that's my only reservation. Um, I've been, to, I've been to American Airlines Arena in Dallas, um, for the NHL All-Star Game. Um, so it's a be- beautiful venue. It's a, um, I'd say it's probably about 10 years old, maybe, maybe a little bit more, but, um, big and, and it's a great, it's a, it's a real legitimate building. It's where the Dallas Stars hockey team plays. It's where the NBA, was it the Mavericks play? Um, so again, it's, it's a, it's a legit big boy building. Um, great, great news. I mean, it's, it's exactly what we wanted, and in, and and then some. I think they overshot our expectations of not being conservative. They're not conservative. They're they're really going uh, hard uh, in 2019. Yeah, you'd have to think the budget this year must be absolutely off the charts. Um, let's talk about this best of the Super Juniors at Sumo Hall. What match do you think they would need to? headline that what would be your best of the super juniors final to have a shot at selling out that venue <sighs> that's a really great question um i don't i i you know what that's hard to answer right now i mean you think about it i mean and you mentioned hiromo you would think he would he would be in that mix and a focal point right because to me, uh, I mean, unless they they do something major, I mean, Ishi, Ishimori, you know, he's you know, you're you're not giving away spoilers, but you know, he's he, he's top billing right now. Um, I would I would think Hiromo would need to be in that mix, right? Yeah, I would think the biggest match they could run would be Hiromo against Shingo, which brings up an issue with Lij against Lij, but. Uh, I think Shingo is incredibly popular at the moment, and everyone loves Hiromu. So, honestly, I think if you have Hiromu versus Shingo, then they'll sell it out, no problem. Yeah, I think the name will sell it out. I really do. I think at this point, the brand would, would, is is going to sell it out. But yeah, they'll do something special. I mean, when I saw when I heard that, I'm thinking, wow, we're going we're going back to uh, we're going back '90s style. You know that that's that's a building they, that they 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 would run for the for that tournament in the beginning. So. Yeah, that was my first thought. Was wow, we're going back to the beginning when 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 it was at its peak popularity, and that's 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 pretty cool. That's that, that's good news. And also, given that there appears to be no Sakura Genesis, maybe the Tokyo fans would just be desperate to get into Sumo Hall to see an event, whatever it is, whatever the card might be. So uh, that could play a factor into it as well. Um, Lewis asks, "Are you going to go to the G One show in Dallas?" Um, I, I can't imagine me traveling much in 2019, um, given this trip. Uh, and uh, I, I'll give you a solid. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my dandest. That's that's the best. Let me let me get home from Tokyo. And then I'll discuss further traveling at that point. But um, look, if if 
if we found a way to make this work, we'll we'll find a way to make others work. So uh, a solid, definitely, maybe. And Travis, who we got to meet, he says, after meeting me, uh, should I have shaved the beard off? No, the beard looked good, Travis. Yeah, keep good it. Beard. Yeah, keep the beard. Mm-hmm. Uh, two dome shows, what's the most logical way to book the shows? Now, that's an interesting question. I think you could take... For example, those 15 guys who are on the gauntlet match and you can give them meaningful matches. You can give the undercard matches the time that they need and maybe have each show topped off by three high-profile matches. But in terms of names, like if you were booking, let's say, give, give me a main event for night one and night two. Well, you figure we, we're going to have an IWGP heavyweight title defense on, on one of those nights. And then the second night, I would assume you would have the Intercontinental title on top, right? And that's that's the power of the the, the titles meaning something, and 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 the people holding them meaning something. So, um, look, I, I know that there was a lot of discussion, a lot of discussion about Jay White, and it's and it's quite obvious. And if if it's not to anybody right now, then you got to open your eyes. He's he is being groomed as a top guy, and when I say top guy, I mean tippy top guy. I mean holding a title that I sit here and say not everyone can hold. Right, that's what I'm saying about Jay White, and 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 the writing's on the wall there. Right, so I really feel like he'll be on top defending a title uh, at that dome. Um, and then the Intercontinental title uh, on night two. Yeah, I think they've just got so many stars at the moment. You could pencil in, you know, you take those top five, six guys. And if you do the build well enough, then they could definitely shift a lot of tickets there. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of talk about Okada against Naito. If he's still around, if they're both still around, Omega against Ibushi, that would definitely generate a lot of a lot of buzz or you could do the Okada J White rematch and you got Tanahashi as well you'd think he would figure in there somewhere you don't know what Shingo's going to be up to by then will he be a heavyweight Will Ospreay Ospreay. there's so many names Damon yeah it's really hard to say yeah this this might be the most interesting year for New Japan And, and and the level of really quality star level people and again I, I'm 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 I've been told this, and it's it's kind of sits in my gut as well. I don't think New Japan is going to be shy, or they're going to be frugal when it comes to this year signing big talent, right? I I, I really think they're going to be aggressive in that in in not only creating their own stars but maybe um, poaching some that some might say were made stars elsewhere. So I think they'll, um, they'll do, they're, they're going to do their darndest to, to, to be that kind of company to write checks that lure people away. I, I really truly believe that in 2019. Hmm. Okay. So let's get into the main card. First match, never openweight championship match. Will Ospreay defeats Kota Ibushi in 80 minutes with the Stormbreaker. And I really like that on, Will Ospreay's VTR on the screen, they were using those spots from the Road 2 show with that awesome camera work that we were waxing lyrical about a few weeks ago. So we got our acrobatics that you would expect from these guys, but then afterwards we got them just beating seven shades of shit out of each other. 
and I mean, it is a never title match after all. That's what you come to expect from this. But it was great. They were nasty. We saw the violent streak of both men, which is a big appeal. Uh, we had lots of Nakamura references, uh, lots of callbacks to their matches previously, even callbacks to the camera work. Um, and then at the end, we had that stretcher job. So there was the elbow spot. And a lot of people were concerned that there was a legitimate concussion there. I don't think there was. I think they were just working that because you had young line Yota Suji putting the neck brakes on. And right. as far as I know, he's not a, <laughs> you know, a licensed chiropractor or anything <laughs> right, like that. Right. So I'm sure that's an angle. I don't know what it is. Maybe it was to just get him out of the main event because otherwise he might have been in Kenny's corner and to get him off of Dash for whatever reason. So New Japan said mild concussion. But uh, I, I don't necessarily believe that. Uh, it seemed maybe that they were holding something back for a rematch. I don't know if they're going to maybe even go for a trilogy this year. They've obviously got a lot of shows to sell tickets for. And one thought that I had, which made me enjoy this match more, is that Will Ospreay is much better, not as a heel, but when he's not doing the baby face in peril shtick. Because I don't think that works for him. Because he's tall, he's muscular, he's athletic, he's talented, he's a handsome dude. In real life, he's a bit of a cocky prick, and that's fine. And he needs to lean into that, and he started to do that. He's starting to uh, play up this nasty side to him, which I think really works for him, and is definitely doing wonders in us as fans taking him seriously as a heavyweight, because he certainly looks the part. A lot of talk, some people, I think, had their expectations too high, but I thought this match delivered to my expectations. I went four and a quarter on this. So what did you think? Yeah, I was I was in the fours, um, low low to mid. Um, I, I wasn't disappointed. I don't. I mean, the, the, for an opening match, I thought it had time. It built. Um, it had you know death-defying, dizzying moments. And I really feel like this was a tribute to what I'll call modern heavyweight pro wrestling. Right. This wasn't you know just like you said the never open weight title that we're accustomed to of you know the 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 big beefy bruising battles right it had it tipped the cap to that right there were moments where um it gave you that flair just 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 to remind you that oh yeah these are big boys right these these are heavyweights uh, and this is a heavyweight championship uh, even though it says open weight, whatever the fuck that means. Um, my point being is, it was it was a people like to you know use that word um, a, pro, a progression, um, uh, you know, a, an evolution of of what that never title should be. And with those two guys, who you I mean, they're I don't know if they were holding anything back. I I, I just think that because I I doubt that they they can run out of creative things to do, right? Um, and you're right. There were plenty of callback spots and there were plenty of, of moments that, um, you know, were new and fresh. So, no, I mean, I don't think that they would lose a step or, um, you know, run out of things to do in a ring. Not those two. Those those guys can <laughs> – they're pretty amazing, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a great opener for – yeah, probably about four and a quarter. I hate to jump on your bandwagon with that, but – that's probably maybe four, maybe four and a half, but you know we're nickel and diamond it. It's it's no big deal. It's it's it was a great opener and I was happy with it and, and I was not disappointed with it. Um, and I do and and again do notice Will using that that strike as almost a setup, right? Um, and again, and if because it, it feels like a heavyweight maneuver, it feels like a like a like a 
like a, a kick ass. I'm gonna I'm gonna knock your fucking head off as opposed to out flip you, um, and which might be associated with light heavyweights. So I like that. I like the I like the way they, they, that Abushi got carded out. You know, a dominant win and uh, yeah, and an easy way for Kota Abushi to kind of um, get erased off the rest of the card. So you know, he wouldn't be a factor. Yeah, I watched that spot with the elbow at the end a few times because that was where the alleged concussion came. And it seemed pretty clear to me that Osprey hit Ibushi with uh, his, not his forearm, uh, sort of the his tricep. And I think if he would have had been, if Ibushi had been legitimately concussed, then there's no way he's getting up and taking that Stormbreaker because that involves a lot of uh, coordination and flipping and stuff. So I think he's fine. Hopefully he is fine. Um, but it's interesting that you mentioned about dominant wins because that was very much the theme of the night. So moving on to the second match, the three-way for IWGP Junior Tag Team Championship, we had Bushi and Shingo Takagi beating Shonyo and Yoshinobu Kanemaru and El Desperado with Shingo pinning Sho in six minutes and 50 seconds after Last of the Dragon. So that really stands out, doesn't it? That six minutes and 50 seconds. That's really short. That that was a disappointment for me because I have really enjoyed the previous two Wrestle Kingdoms, the fact that the junior tag team matches got plenty of time. At 11, we had Rapunky Vice against the Young Bucks, which was great. And then last year, Rapunky 3K against the Bucks, which was also great because they were given time to work. But this this was rushed. There's no other way to say it. Um, you, you know, you'd expect the Young Lions matches on a, a Row 2 show to get more time than this. And I mean, I get it. They obviously have pressures, but... The theme of this match, it was Shingo. It's the Shingo showcase. And he seemed to be in the ring the whole time. Um, so aside from them getting short for time, I mean, Bushi did next to nothing despite winning a, a championship out of it. It was fine. It was quick. It was fine. It, it served its purpose, which was to establish Shingo Takaki as a big star. It, it was fun. I guess give it three and a quarter because it was enjoyable. I just wish it had gone on a bit longer. Uh, Harley Duncan pointed out, this is interesting, LIJ have won every title apart from the US title and every tournament apart from the junior tag tournament. So there's another notch in the cap for Los and Goblin Alves de Japon. Uh, what did you think of this? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that. Uh, this was a night that that your LIJ fans, you know, kind of, you know, were popping the champagne corks a little bit, right? It was a, this is a big night for them. Good, good for them. Um yeah, six minutes. Look, you go down, up and down that card. Where else are you going to shave time, right? That that you know, I'm sure that they were a little bit conservative with the amount of time that they gave them out of the gate, just to make sure everything had time. That you know, and you know, jokes aside, we know that this company, you know, is going to put a lot more emphasis on you know the, the heavyweight title match, which it damn well should, and the intercontinental title match, and and stuff like that. So. Yeah, disappointing in the fact that it, it, it could have been even better if it were longer. But uh, you're, you're the star, your new star of the junior division is Shingo. And um, he looks the part. He feels the part. Um, he can be the the leader. Of, look, he, the guy was a star in Dragon Gate. Um, he's not some, you know, Fresh fate, you know, he's been around for a while, um, and he's good. He really is good, and it's a it, and it's he's he's a cut above the other people that were in that ring, 
right? When it comes to star quality, when it comes to presence, when it comes to everything else. And that's saying something because, you know, I, I don't think, I, I don't think um, Show and Yo are, are, are you, you just hand wave those, those kids. Um, and you, you have your junior heavyweight tag champions that were a rock and an anchor the entire year. You know, something that they, they, they really relied on. So in that match, he was, he was definitely the star, head and shoulders above all the talent that was in that ring. It's going to be a big year for him. We know it. Um, I don't want to see him get muddled down in junior tag world, right? Second match, third match, because you know that bigger things are on the horizon for him. I thought it was also notable that Show got pinned to lose this match, and they are building up that Shingo versus Show rivalry, which is really interesting. And you can really feel the heat from the crowd, the excitement every time those two face off because they, it doesn't feel like juniors at all. They're, those are two massive boys, like huge muscular guys, and they work that sort of strong style, very hard hitting, lots of power moves. So whatever division it comes under, that is a singles match that I think everyone's looking forward to in the future. I really don't know how Shingo is a junior. I'll, I'll go right out and say he's a junior like Trent Barreto was a junior. <laughs> you know, like how in the fuck is this guy a junior? Uh, I want to see that scale that they're using because because he, he, you're right. He's just you know, he you can't grow right. You're not going to give him lifts in his shoes, but man, he just looks like he just felt like he had a presence that no one else had, and he's. I hate to be a dead horse, but he's going to be a big one. He's going to be a big one in 2019. They have been playing up on commentary over the past few weeks that Shingo considers himself open weight. And I quite like that idea. I like the the idea of guys like him or Osprey or Cho talking about themselves as open weights, not necessarily pigeonholing themselves as one thing or the other. Um, anyway, moving on to the third match, which was the British Heavyweight Championship with Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Tomohiri Ishii in 11 minutes with hurrah, another year. Surely this one will be better than the last. The inexorable march of progress will lead us all to happiness. What I a name for a finishing yeah. move. Yeah, I mean, that, that just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? What is that from? Do you know what that's from? Uh, I'm, I'm going to look it up now. All right, I'll, I'll ramble because I don't. Um, I thought maybe it was another um, British comedy bit or something like that. Or uh, was it Mogwai, the band? That's, he likes to play off of them. Um, look, we went into this match with super high expectations. At least I did. I'm, I'm not going to speak for Joel. Did they deliver on those super high expectations? Those maybe, dare I say, unfair expectations? No, they didn't. But with that being said, I thought this match was really super. I really do. I think this match was 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 one of my favorites leading up to it. Um, it the finish felt like it it came out of nowhere for me. Right, I was I was hoping that there would be more. Um, Joel, do you know how long this match went? Uh, yeah, it was eleven minutes thirty five seconds. Okay, does it feel like those extra three minutes would have elevated this match a little bit higher? Definitely, and I think that was a running theme through a lot of these undercard matches. It was like they were all building up nicely, and I'm sitting there, and I'm enjoying it, thinking, yeah, this is good, and then it just ends. Yep. And it's like they chopped off the the final three minutes of, and that's something you could say for quite a few of these matches. That's exactly what I felt, what it felt like. And again, I don't do a lot of you know 
what was the time? And uh, I'm relying on Joel for that information because I'm a, I'm a dorp. Dorp? I'm a dorp? Whatever. Um, but it, you know what? It, that tells the story. 11 minutes. And it felt like if you just get, if I just, or, you know, if I had the extra two or three minutes where everybody kind of sets that bar at 15 of, of being what you need, I really feel like, you know, it, you know, the finish of the movie was chopped off or, or, or the, the great hook leading into the song is, you know, it's, it's not there, you know, where, what happened? Um, and again, I'm, I'm saying this, not. Saying I was not that I wasn't a fan of this match because I was. I thought it was. I thought it was solid and and, and really really good. Ah, but I know that there's a there's a there's a missing fragment of a match somewhere in Tokyo that I can't wait for them to find. Yeah, I felt the same way. Again, we really really bigged up this show. I know personally I'm guilty of this. Every match we talked about in our preview. I had such high expectations and maybe more for me for, for thinking that. But in spite of this, this was a good match. Um, I did look it up. The name of the finishing move comes from a 2004 EP by English post-rock band youth movie soundtrack strategy. So uh, there you go. You've learned something today. I like the little touches as well. The fact that they had the Rev Pro referee Chris Roberts there, that they flew him out. And he was working Dash as well, which was really good to see. And Andy Quilden presenting the belt afterwards. So it this is just the, the, the relationship done right. We've seen it done wrong with things like the ROH title where we've had matches like Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly to an absolutely dead crowd. But this is great. This actually shows the really healthy working relationship that they've got going between New Japan and Rev Pro. So long may it continue. I like Zack Sabre Jr. and Takamichi Noku wearing white. I like it when guys wear, wear white. It feels more special. And there was just really great psychology in this match, the way that they, uh, Zach was working over Ishii's arm. And then there was that moment where Ishii couldn't use his arms to lariat Zach, so he just bundled into him instead. And they were building up story beats from their previous matches because I know they had a match, I think it was WrestleMania weekend. I haven't actually seen that, so I think I need to go back and watch that and watch this again. Because like you, when it finished, I, I was kind of like, oh, okay, that was really good, but wasn't quite what I was hoping for. Another big takeaway, Zack Sabre Jr., he is massively over with the New Japan crowds. He f- he's feeling like more and more of a star each time he goes out there. And the fact that they gave him this big prominent single spot speaks volumes to that. Uh, I think I initially I said three and three quarter stars, maybe four stars. That was my, my gut reaction. But I think I need to go back and watch it again because it sounds like a lot of people are much higher on this match. So maybe it came across better on TV. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, and, and and I will say this, and th- this is you know I've been been in this building a few times now. It's not the best building to watch a pro wrestling show, right? It's hard to see shit, you know, especially if you're not um, in in great sight lines. And it's a baseball stadium, so it's it's somewhat difficult to even like, like I'm doing this review, and I really feel like we'll probably talk about Wrestle Kingdom two or three times later after we get home and we actually watch the broadcasts when we can really see and visualize a lot of the things that we may have missed live, but in the same breath, there are things live that I think that don't get translated well to TV. Um, and you bringing up Zach being over with the New Japan crowd, I, I, I really noticed that in that building. So um, that's just a testament to the, to the way that they build up stars. 
The fourth match was the IWGP Tag Team Championship with Sanada and Evil defeating Tangaloa and Tamatonga. And Nick Jackson and Matt Jackson in 10 minutes, 15 seconds after a moonsault. Again, it's just another victim of a match that I thought was sort of chugging along nicely and then just finished. I was expecting more than 10 minutes for this. Uh, I kind of liked uh, good guy Tamatonga and his, I think it was Bionicle helmets that they're wearing. I don't know what the story is there. Maybe, maybe his kids like Bionicle or something. Uh, the new entrance theme was pretty cool. Uh, Jado and his ghost makeup and evil with dreadlocks, which I think is gross, disgusting cultural uh, appropriation because that hairstyle belongs to the British Bulldog. So can you stop stealing from other people's cultures, evil? Um, it was noteworthy that uh, Sonata gets another pinfall here. So again, building up that slew of evidence that he's in line for a very, very big year. Or a WWE. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Who said the what? So. Uh, I liked Joe Lanza's take on this. It's pretty much how I felt. It was like the Young Bucks and LIJ were having a good match, but Tongans kept running in for some reason. But it, it was enjoyable enough. Three and a half stars. I liked it, but it was a bit short. Um, Again, I think it's ever, everybody's well aware, you know, with the, the all elite getting launched and... You know, the Bucks being solidly behind that and Cody and uh, that whole crew. You, you knew that the Bucks probably were going to not only not win, but were more than likely going to be ushered out. Um, if, as a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, they also tweeted uh, something along the lines of, thank you, Japan. So, um, you know, obviously they were not on the Dash show. Um, which I think, uh, you know, is always a moving forward launching pad. So, uh, yeah, maybe that's – look, I find it hard to believe, and I know we're going to be all over the place with this, but I find it hard to believe that's the last we see of the Young Bucks in, in New Japan ring. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just find that really hard to believe. But um, at least for now, anyway, that's going, that looks to be the case. And then after that, we had the interval. We had the piss break, uh, also known as the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship match with Juice Robinson defeating Cody in nine minutes after the pole friction. I, I think, did you just miss the entirety of this match? The entire match. I've never been on a line longer to take a piss. I swear. It was the longest line ever. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not even doing that to make a joke. I swear to you. I've been, you know, you know I'm, I'm a member of the media, so I don't necessarily, you know, pee with the commons but uh i uh i was in line and and joel it was unbelievable how i will say this it was a fast moving line that's for sure but i did not see i didn't see any i heard the music and then i heard the music that was really the extent of me me commenting on juice's big title and i feel bad for juice i didn't see a, i didn't see a, a, a second of it well, I think you'll need to go watch it on New Japan World and then we'll touch on it next time we do a show because this this was something else. I think it speaks volumes, first of all, the fact that the majority of the crowd seemed to choose this as the piss break match. But this was very, very bad. We, we had Cody and Brandy coming out wearing their Jacksonville Jaguars colours, uh, which is something I'm sure people are going to laugh at in a few years' time. And when the match started, they just went straight to the Brandy bullshit she was spearing Juice Robinson and 
f- fully mounted him and was doing ground and pound on him. And it was just ridiculous. I mean, she looked great. Her outfit was wonderful, so I'm not going to knock her for that. But uh, rumours that uh, an NXT agent helped with this match, I think, really showed just the way <laughs> really? that it was laid out. Wow. It, honestly, it wouldn't have felt out of place on an episode of Raw. It was just bad. Very why, bad. Why would anybody do that? Why would you do why would that? Ugh. Well, I don't understand why they would put together a match like that. Yeah, I didn't know that. I mean, I mean, listen, everyone, it wasn't just like, you know, me and dopes like me that were like, eh, fuck Cody. It was every, like, Japanese, American, it felt like the fucking UN in that piss blind. Everybody was out. And here's the thing, too. Everybody acknowledged it, right? And everyone was kind of laughing at the fact that everyone in the building chose this moment as the piss break. Um, it, was, it was actually pretty funny because um, everyone felt the same way. I just thought that whole thing was, felt like an insult to the Tokyo Dome, to be honest, this match. We even had Juice Robinson challenging his inner Johnny Gargano staring at his hands. How is he so violent, Damon? Uh, apparently, Japanese commentary was putting over Juice very hard. So, again, it's a conclusive, definitive win. I think it was like two pulp frictions or maybe even three pulp frictions. So, I know there's talk that Cody was still hurt. I think he's going off to get some surgery. Um, but, yeah, I, just, I didn't enjoy this match at all. I thought it was really out of place. Um, hopefully, we get better stuff from Beretta challenging Juice next time. Yep. Yep. Um, now, now I really want to watch this. <laughs> Just to see how out of place it is. I might, would you say, let me ask you this. You've, you've seen a few Tokyo Dome shows in your day. Um, is is that the worst Tokyo Dome match that you've seen? No, it wasn't the worst. I've seen others that were boring. Mm-hmm. This wasn't boring. It was just bad. Okay. And kind of like funny, ha-ha bad. So you, you check it out. Tell me what your thoughts were. I, I guess I'd give it two stars. Maybe that's being generous. Okay. I'll, I'll check it out when I get back. I, I promise you. Remind me, I'll, and I'll definitely do it. Just like I'll, f- I'll fill out that um, that ballot for John. <laughs> <I keep going. laughs> of course like, you will. Of course you will, mate. I swear. I, I, I promise I will. I'll, I'll I'll do it tonight. I'm at the bar tonight. I'll I'll I'll, I'll get it out, and we'll, we'll we'll do a collective. We'll do a collective vote. That'd be that'd be fun. Okay. Sixth match. Sixth match was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Taiji Ishimori defeating Kushida in 11 minutes with the bloody cross. Um. Again, this is just another match where I was thinking, where's the last five minutes gone? What happened to my closing stretch? Uh, maybe that was intentional because in a lot of these matches, we didn't get that. Like we say, the, the final three minutes of guys sort of reversing each other's finishes because it was just the story seemed to be, no, this guy is better than this guy or this team's better than these other teams and they're winning clean as a whistle, no controversy, not bothering to make the, the loser look good. They lost, the other guys won and that's it. Uh, we had a bit of a strange entrance with this one with that child wearing that horrible mask of Kushida that just was right in the Uncanny Valley territory. It was just deeply disturbing. Uh, Joe Gagne made a funny joke. He said, I hope Kushida comes out wearing an NXT shirt and accompanied by William Regal. That would have been better. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this was rushed. It, it never really got out of third gear. Very short, another decisive win. I liked Ishimori just no-selling the punch to the face from Kushida. Yeah, did you notice that? Yeah. Yeah. It kind of felt like an extended squash by, uh, uh, and just watching that when that finished, you're just thinking, all right, bye Kushida. And we had Ishimori referencing Hiromu in the post match interview. So again, it was 
it was a good match, but it just never really got beyond beyond three and a half stars. I'll give it three and a half. Here's what here's what I'll say about the Kushida situation, because he is one of my favorite wrestlers, to be truthful, and he, I really think he is one of the most talented guys on that roster. Um, there's nothing else for him to do at New Japan, right? I'm not I'm not even sad that he's going. I'm sad. In a sense, like, like it's not like one of those things where it's like, oh, he's going to go to WWE and they're going to ruin him and he's going to be on 205 Live. And okay, well, what is he going to do here? Right? They're not going to make him a heavyweight. They're just not. I, I mean, again, you can't give the guy lifts. Uh, it, it, it is what it is. Now, could they make like the never open weight truly open weight? Okay, yes, but they're not going to do it. And he and I'm sure that he feels like what else? What the fuck else am I going to do? Right? What am I going to do? Wrestle the same, you know, people and you know younger people, you know, you know, I, I, I don't know. So he sees this as as an opportunity, and 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 I can't blame the guy. Uh, but yeah, it did feel like a definitive. Okay, you're going. Well, here's 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 what you're going to do on the way out. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned that punch because I was going to mention that too. It was that was the one where I was like, "Whoop, okay." Well, I guess the rumors are true. <laughs> so, um, and again, they are still uh, nothing's been official yet. I know everybody's going to be like, eh, "Okay," but it sure seems like uh, uh, that Kushida is uh, well on his way out the door, and um, I'll miss him. But I'm I'm glad he'll be uh, able to do something a little bit different for his career. We had a question from Emilio. He says I couldn't help but feel let down by Kushida versus Taiji. Maybe I was expecting too much, but I think for a dome show, a very good exhibition of the juniors would have been better than a quick clean win against a guy who's rumored to be leaving. How did you react and feel? Um, yeah, I was a bit disappointed, but you know, I have to say, despite my disappointments about the. Uh, the length of these matches, I can't really argue with the booking because do you necessarily want Kushida pushing Taiji Ishimori to the absolute limit and Ishimori having to you know snatch the win with a last gasp reversal? You want people coming away from this thinking, no, Taiji Ishimori, he's the best junior in the division and he's better than Kushida. Absolutely so correct. Across the board, the booking, I've got to give a big thumbs up to. Yep. Not just I mean, for this match. Yeah, I mean, listen, if the guy's going out, and here's the thing too, even the length of time, right? You know, if you're going to shave a match, you're going to shave it there. Um, you know, because just for the reasons that you mentioned, it's going to be clean, it's going to be decisive. Um, it's going to be, you know, that the guy that's staying is going not to naturally be the, the quote-unquote better guy. Um, and, and and dominantly so. And that's, that's what pro wrestling should be and is and and that's that so um good no no complaints about the booking per se um this with the given the circumstances it can't possibly be a showcase match it has to be a definitive this guy's better than this guy and that's that so at this point in the show damon i have to admit to being a bit worried because a lot of these matches that i was excited about were kind of under delivering and we were three bad matches away from, I think, this being a, a tremendously disappointing Wrestle Kingdom. So I was sitting there and thinking, these three matches at the top of the card really need to deliver, and they need to deliver big, otherwise this is going to be a problem. And they did deliver. So let's get on to number seven, which was Kazuchika Okada against Jay White. So Jay White defeating Okada in 40 minutes 
following the Blade Runner. Now, we've got so many questions about this, Damon. Let's talk, first of all, about Okada and his choice of ring gear. Talk us through your uh, emotional process as you saw him. Well, first of all, when the music played and we didn't get the record scratch and we got the full Rainmaker music and entrance. And then when the robe came off and he was wearing that kind of skirt thing, I don't know the way to describe it. And then he whipped that off and he was wearing the trunks again. And that pop, that Honestly, that was the biggest pop of the night so I far. I swear, I swear to you, everyone, and if you were in attendance, you know it. That place came unglued. It was, uh, it was one of those wrestling moments that I swear to you, I'll never forget. Uh, you sent me that, um, that uh, you know, the video thing, that little, you know, of the people in in the bar celebrating. Was it was it like a Premier League goal or a Champions League goal or? Um, um, I think it was a, a World Cup match. I think it was England versus Croatia. But I saw Big Dave tweeting that out saying, yeah, this is uh, an official closed circuit fan viewing party. <laughs> he totally <laughs> bought that. It was real. No, he I didn't. Did really? He did. He did. He's deleted it now. He did. He, there's no possibly he did, way he did that. Yeah, a pub full of people wearing England shirts with England flags throwing beer everywhere. Yeah, he just he, he didn't pick up on the context. Clues, oh, oh, Dave. Here's the, here's the thing with Dave. And I love Dave. Um Dave hasn't bought clothes since 1991. <laughs> I'm telling you. He's walking around in this uh, San Jose Sharks. I mean, we're talking the bright teal. Uh, that jacket is at least it's 91. Um, I love that, man. Um, yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. All right, so let's get back to, to, to what I consider. Now, listen, I'm, I've, I saw a lot of pro wrestling this week. Um, and there were some great matches that I that I I, I was there live for. I'm going to say it right now. This might be, and probably is, my favorite match of the weekend. The way that this was laid out was absolutely flawless, flawless pro wrestling booking. Uh, they they gave you as a fan of New Japan pro wrestling. Everything that you possibly could have wanted from an Okada, and again, air quotes, comeback, right? There were no fucking balloons. There were no long boys. There was, uh, there was, uh, you know, no, no. The dollars. No, the dollars were falling from the sky. It was raining uh, cash. The, uh, the music, the, the Videotron. Everything that you possibly could have, the swagger, the Okada, he's got his groove back, everything, everything was there. And guess what happened? At 40 some odd thousand people that were in that Tokyo Dome ate it up like ravenous dogs, and I was one of them. I was clunking heads with everyone, dipping into that, that bowl for that same bit of meat. We ate it up, and then, and then... To definitively say, big win, one, two, three, Jay White was remarkable, one, two, ballsy as hell, and three, perfect pro wrestling booking by New Japan. Yeah, I've, I, I'm going to take a victory lap here, David, because this I called this, I said this is what needed to happen on the last show. Jay White needed to win clean and he needed to have go out and have a, a great match. And both of those things happened. 
Also, he looked great in his new white gear. He just looked like a star when he came out. The entrance looked great. You know, all the, the red lines that he's got on his video thing, he just, just looked terrific. And he really looked like a star, which he didn't this time last year. And now I think this has pushed him into the upper echelons and he really looks like an elite level talent now. And we had that white hot closing stretch with all the reversals and the counters and then Jay countering that Rainmaker into the Blade Runner, clean as a whistle. This was the best Jay White match, in my opinion, by far. And like you said, the crowd, they were just absolutely gagging for that Okada win. And then Jay White snatches it away from them. No, you don't get your feel-good moment. Fuck you. Jay White's here. And he's a serious contender. Like you said, awesome booking. Star-making performance for Jay White. I went four and a half stars. And another little caveat to this is the fact that since the G1, Okada's just been constantly missing with the Rainmaker. Every time he goes for that lariat, he's missing. People are reversing it. People are countering it. And it's costing him matches. Everyone's got a, a counter for it and they're switching it up into their own finishing moves. So I just love the story here that it's going to take more than Okada just changing his gear and his music and dyeing his hair to get back to what he was before. I love this. Absolutely loved it. Yep. A guy who needed the win to, to, to and again, it's, it's, it's that losing weight analogy of, you know, the first 20 pounds are easy. It's the last five or whatever, you know, it's whatever you need to get to your goal. Um, it's harder to do. And Jay White needed to be put up with the big boys and, and elevated to where that level is. Um, that was, that was, you know, Okada lying down and taking that clean. That That's a big sign, right? Um, um, we discussed this when uh, we were, we, we were at Dash. By the way, we were at Dash. No one else. <laughs> no one else was in the building. Um, the, I don't know what that meant. Um, the fact that Jay White, well, let's go, go right out and say it. I, and I said at the beginning of the show, I really feel like he is being groomed for a heavyweight title run. And you, and I don't want to spill you the beans or, or you know show your cards, you kind of think the same way. Mm, I'm going to keep my powder dry for later, but yes, I think there is glory and success in Jay White's future. I also, I, I think Okada's going to win the title this year, uh, but I just want to give him the credit here for helping lift Jay White into that next level. Uh, we had a question here for Anders. He said, if I were to get my girlfriend to watch one match from Wrestle Kingdom, which match would you recommend? I would pick this one because it's short and it's intense and it's to the point. I, I think this is, it didn't need to go a second longer than it went because it was a grudge match and grudge matches do not have to be like 35 minute long epics. I think just this ticked all the boxes for me. It, it was perfect. Um, Nathan asks, is Damon convinced that Jay White is great yet or do I have to fight him? Well, no need to fight. Um, I'm a lover, not a fighter. And uh, no need because I'm on the I'm on the Jay. I'm officially I'm officially on the bandwagon again. It always takes me a little long time. You know that? We know this, right? Come on. Do we have to go back and look at Naito? Do we have to go back? It takes me a while. It takes me a while. And I said I needed a big-time performance. That's the only thing I needed at that point. I got a big-time performance. Absolutely got a big-time performance. I'll tell you what. I got I got a better storytelling performance, right, and a booking, and, a, and, and, a, and you know, the fact that 
it, it gave me everything I wanted out of Okada, and then it was still ripped away. Like I love the fact that it broke my heart. You know what I mean? Like, like, like that's really what it is. Like I love the fact that I got my heart broken over it. Cause that's because that's that's perfect. That's exactly what pro wrestling should be. Um, so yeah, thumbs up. Nope, no need to fight. I'm I'm on the Jay White bandwagon. Okay, so then eighth match, IWGP Intercontinental Championship. No disqualification match. Tetsuya Naito beats Chris Jericho in 22 minutes after a Destino. I love Jericho's look in this match. Just that kind of crusty, sleazy, grimy ex-rock star. He just played that part to a T. And those Naito pops at the Tokyo Dome, they are something else, aren't they, Damon? They certainly are. Listen, for every... And here's another thing, too. We We do talk about this a lot. And you get to see it firsthand, and especially in a big building like the Dome. Um, the, the, the females were, were representing, right? And I think easily every third female in that building was wearing LIG, LIJ gear, right? Uh, I mean, you, you can't tell me that motherfucker isn't over. And yeah, that pop was huge, big time huge um, for him. There were some really nasty spots here. We got the pile driver on a table. Naito bumping like an absolute madman for drop kick. They were callbacks to the Dominion match. We had Naito kicking out of the low blow in the code breaker spot that finished the Dominion match. And I bought that. I thought, holy shit, Jericho's going to beat him again when he did that low blow and code breaker. But thank God that he kicked out of that. We had a callback to Wrestle Kingdom 12 with Jericho doing the camera and middle finger spot. I love that moment where Jericho rang the bell and the crowd was so pissed <laughs> yeah, when he yeah, did yeah. that because they bought it. They thought the match was over. They thought that Naito had lost. And just the way the violence escalated from the tables to the barricades, the kendo sticks, the chairs, and then finally, the only thing that could help Tetsuya Naito get the win, his arch nemesis, that fucking intercontinental title belt. I love that moment at the end where he chose the belt over the chair and then he did his little eye pose at the belt Man, I got chills seeing that. And he picks up that belt and just waffles Jericho over the head with it. The belt that he hates so much that's caused him all these problems over the years. This was Rudo Naito at his best. I think this is one of Chris Jericho's best matches. I Just the, the little things that he does, like uh, apparently he was yelling, Hey, Chono, you like that shit? At the Japanese announce table. But this whole story with Naito almost embracing the Intercontinental title, realising that he needs the help of that title to help him get out of his funk and demanding that the referee presented him with a belt afterwards. I just, I love this. I thought it was fantastic. I went four and three quarters. Uh, look, I, and I don't know what it is about us. And when I say us, a lot of the people that listen to this show or, or us in general, or me and you, um, when it comes to Chris Jericho, and we have this thing in our heads that we think we're going to get, and I think maybe we're just conditioned, or maybe we're you know we've been you know, just just been battered down by shit WWE stuff, but we think we're going to get shit Chris Jericho every time his name is mentioned. There is something in the back of our mind that is hesitant for us to be like, okay, cool. Right, because we're just beaten down by shit, Chris Jericho. We don't get shit, Chris Jericho. In fact, we get great Chris Jericho for um, a, a gentleman his age, right, uh, performing at the level that he does every time he's called upon to do it. 
I, I've heard people say that this might be one of the Chris Jericho's greatest performances. What is that? What is that? Think about that. And I, and, and I don't, I don't doubt it. I'm not doubting that. He was incredible here. He was really fucking great here. And, and again, Naito's, you know, he's at the top of his game and, and, and peak popularity. Isn't it amazing what Chris Jericho was able to do at the Tokyo Dome two consecutive years in a row? Fucking amazing. Is each time I've undersold him and thought mm, I'm not sure about this match, and I don't know why I keep doubting him because he's just making an idiot out of me every single time. The Kenny Omega match, I thought, oh god, it's going to be like a WWE style match, and I loved it. The Naito match at Dominion, I thought, oh, it's just going to be like a boring walk and brawl. It wasn't. It was great. He had a great match with Evil, and he's done it again. Right. When are we going to learn? I mean, here, we're, we're like, we're, we're literally, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm using literally, and I know it's driving you nuts. Um, we are, you know, we're, we're like scorned people out of a relationship or something, you know, where we can't trust another girl or, you know, you can't trust another guy you know, or whatever. The, but that's what we're like. It's like we can't, we can relax. We can let our guard down. Like we're afraid we're going to get hurt by putting our trust in Chris Jericho. He's delivered every time, every fucking time, and and again back to back dome performances that have been outstanding. Uh, look, we got to stop, and and I don't know if they're going to use him again. Um, you know, maybe, maybe not. But if they don't, this you would have to. We would both would have to sit here and be like, and and, and eat some crow, and say we were wrong about Chris Jericho because. He's delivered in every situation. Yeah, I think he justifies... I can't remember where I ranked him exactly, but he was in my top three for Unsung last year, and he's definitely living up to that now. Uh, and also I noticed he congratulated Tiger Hattori afterwards on working his last Tokyo Dome show. So if that's the case, then great work, Tiger Hattori. Yeah, I mean, uh, legend. Sorry to see you go. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I saw that news too. I don't know what the situation is there. Maybe it's just, you know... It is what you know. It is what it is, and it's time to kind of sail off into the sunset. But you know, he's a he's a legendary figure in New Japan. You know, everybody everybody talks about red shoes. You know, go go back and watch the tapes. Tiger Tori refed more big, 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 big matches than just about anybody in the business. To be truthful, um, he's up there um, is, is one of the greatest referees. And he just, I don't know if he, if he gets enough love in that regard, you know, especially from the North American audience. And I, I know Reg, Reg Hughes is great. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's you know, greatest right now, I, I think. But yeah, Tiger Hattori back in the day, he, he was the, he was your Red Shoes. That's for sure. Maybe not as charismatic and, you know, but you know, he was ref in every big match. So, this has just popped into my head, and now I can't stop thinking about it. Chris Jericho against Jay White. I don't know why, but, I, I, you know, the dynamics might be a bit strange with the heel and heel thing, but I just think that would be an awesome match somewhere down the line. Uh, anyway, Insider says, Jericho mentioned in the Wrestle Kingdom post-match press that he's going after the IWGP heavyweight title. Do you think he'll get a title shot? Could he actually win the belt? And how do you guys feel about it? I don't think, oh, I, no chance of him winning the belt, but that could that be a possible Madison Square Garden main event? Chris Jericho challenging that title? Maybe Jericho I wouldn't against be Tanahashi? Yeah, I wouldn't be, Liam, I, I think he, you know, 
I don't know anything for sure or for certain, but that would be a that would be a real nice spot for New Japan. Um, you know, I don't know what the relationship Jericho has with WWE in the sense of working a building like that at WrestleMania weekend and all that kind of stuff that goes into it. So that I don't know, but that would be a nice little feather in their cap to, to have him involved in, in that Madison square garden show for sure. Yeah. I definitely think that he's got more gas in the tank and has got a lot more to offer new Japan. So hopefully he does have some further involvement, just even just, you know, flying in for two, three matches a year. It's working really, really well so far and helping to, uh, give people a big boost, even in defeat. I think, like, for example, that match with Evil, I think that did a lot of good for Evil, and he didn't come out of it looking... He came out of that match, I think, looking better than yeah. he, he did going, going into it. And here's the thing, we've never... You know, this entire run, every opportunity we've had, you know... The problem is that we didn't have many opportunities. You know, they put the title. I don't blame Chris Jericho for that. I blame the company for that. You put the Intercontinental title on the guy, and you didn't see the guy for six months. And you hear a peep out of the Intercontinental title. To me, that was ludicrous. So I don't blame Chris Jericho for that. I blame the company for that. Everything Chris Jericho has done has been good. And here's the thing, too. Money-wise, business-wise, he's popped, you know, right? What hasn't he done for this company? You know, what hasn't he done? The promos have been, you know, some of them have been ridiculously over the top with with a potty mouth. But, um, you know, even like the pressers, you know, when he does the pressers, they're always usually really good. And the, the Kenny one was tremendous. Look, there's nothing he hasn't touched here that hasn't been gold. I, I've been I've been pleasantly surprised and pleasantly pleased by, pleasantly pleased by uh, Chris Jericho. Thumbs up. Moving on to Naito, Matt asks, at some point over the next few months, Naito will probably drop the belt to either win the G1 or the IWGP title. Who do you guys think he'll drop it to and when? Um, well, I guess we'll come on later to discuss his challenger at New Beginning, but uh, any early thoughts, Damon, on who do you think would be an appropriate choice for Tetsuya Naito to drop the IC title to? Mm, I mean, they got plenty of stars, right? They're not short on stars. I mean, they could they could take any any you know you you could take Tanahashi. You could take uh, I'd say Zach. You could take Zach. You could take uh, you know. It's just a matter of just mapping out the ideas and fantasy booking it out. But any of those people are you know are legitimate people that can hold the title like that. That's that's the beauty of this company is that it's not hard. A little warm up and away we go. Um, there's no one that can't. There's no one that is beyond a, a sweat. A sweat. My God, I can't even talk. Um, a slight tweak to get hot again. That, seriously, if you you could theoretically build up Yuji Nagata right now in th- two or three months and make him a, a serious, legitimate contender for that title, you could. Right? I'm not saying that anybody wants to see it, but I'm saying you could. Right? There's no name me a person on the run. A better question is name me a person who can't do that. Right? Name me a person who right now there's no fucking way anybody would buy it. Yoshihashi. Right? Um, I, there's no one. I, I, I'm hard pressed to even think of somebody that would be like a young lion. Of course, no. Um, like like Yujiro. I, I even think you could you could build up Yujiro in two months. The way that this company books stuff, 
don't know. I think a better question is who couldn't fit that that role. Yeah, definitely. When they concentrate and go all out and trying to promote someone and make them into a big deal and heat them up for a big program, they're the best at that. No two ways about it. Let's move on to the main event, which was the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Kenny Omega in 39 minutes with the high fly flow. Uh, Brian says, did any of you get your hopes up that Tanahashi might come out to the high energy theme instead? Uh, after Okada did his theme switch, in addition to Tanner's entrance showcase in his 20th anniversary. I thought so. There was a little bit of me that was hoping that music was going to change. But I, I've said before, I, I quite like the love and energy theme, the, the go ace thing. And I was sitting there chanting along. And it's remarkable that this is the first G1 winner to actually convert that opportunity into winning the title. And yeah, so we got that remix of the song coming out. And we got Kenny Omega's undertale entrance that it seems most people in the dome didn't really understand or care about because it was pretty quiet in there yeah. for his entrance yeah what i do mean you think of that? i don't think we're we're like we're going out of our way to be overly negative about it but um it, it, the people around us I, here's what i heard mostly huh <laughs> that, that's the sound that i heard around me because people were like i don't know it just they felt they. I think they were expecting, you know, a, a pomp and circumstance that was befitting uh, the, the champion and that and that match. And what you got was Atari twenty six hundred. And I know that there's people that love the the you know the retro video game Kenny and and all that stuff that he's into, and that's fine. You know, hey, listen, no, no, no. I don't, I'm not saying that you can't incorporate your hobbies into everything you like, but not for nothing. I want that. That's not the time, the place to, to for that. I don't know. He's had some interesting entrances, right? I, I loved his um, uh, entrance uh, against uh, Okada, right? It was like the Terminator one, right? I thought that was really brilliant. I loved it. I think this one just, you know, listen, he tried something, it fell flat. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bust a guy's balls over it, but, um, but don't kid yourself to think that people were going crazy reading his entrance, <laughs> right? Because they weren't. They were, they were like kind of like, I don't know what the fuck this is. Yeah, I, I think that is sort of Kenny to a T, isn't it? Having He is a genius and he has these grand ideas. Some of them are huge hits, but some of them are misses. And I just think Undertale, it, it's a very popular indie game, but there's got to be a relatively small crossover in terms of who uh, is a fan of Undertale and who is a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling and who is sitting in that Tokyo Dome. And it, yeah, it was... It didn't work. This is, time, is that a specific it, game? Like it was based after yeah. a specific game. Okay, I, I, I that I, I would never have known that. Um, I don't think anybody in the building would. I can't say anybody, but um, you got to you got to follow video games to be in, in the center of that. And I don't know. Like to me, like you just don't waste energy on that. Like you got to like you got. I got to figure out your fucking entrance. Uh, I mean, okay, I don't. And also read a load of stuff on the screen right. and not actually watch the entrance itself it's kind of strange right the entrance to me an entrance is you know you want colors graphics things music you know of course because the central focal point should be you right you're the champion not i i gotta read this fucking you know i'm, I'm fucking trying to get reese's pieces playing et i'm, I'm playing pitfall i hear ba -dum, ba -dum. i played pitfall before that's about the only video game i know back in the day 
That said, if I was in Kenny's shoes and I had the, the power to design my own entrance for Wrestle Kingdom main event, <laughs> oh, what would I do? I'd have uh, crisps raining from the sky like Okada. I'd have Scampi accompany me to the ring. And I'd probably drive down on a forklift truck to, uh, dressed up like Ryo Hazuki from Shenmue. So you can't blame him for trying. But uh, Nice. Aside I'd, from all... Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I was just going to mention, I'd have like a beer hall band playing Park Life. I think that would be, that would be perfect for me. I would like that. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, the match was awesome. I thought they told a great story here. We had, had Tanahashi in the build-up talking about Kenny being cruel in his level of violence. And I think they were getting into each other's head here because Kenny was working his usual big match style. And then Tanahashi had that edge, that like dickish edge that you need to win the main event at the Tokyo Dome. Going after the knee and just showing those little ruthless moves that you have to have to win the big one at the Dome. I love Tanahashi using the Styles Clash to like show Kenny, you're not AJ Styles. You're not as good as AJ Styles. And then as the match went on, it was like they were betraying their own wrestling philosophies. Kenny gets the table out and then Tanahashi's thinking, no, I'm not going to use the table. This is not the way I do things. But then he's getting desperate as the match goes on. He sees the opportunity and he thinks, fuck it, I'm going to put him through the table. And then it blows up in his face and it nearly costs him the match. Because uh, he just, that that bump, that was just sickening the way he just belly flopped through that table. It was really quite horrific. Uh, and it was just a classic Tanahashi main event. The pacing, the way it's just, just very slowly building layers upon layers with these little story moments that you know are going to weave together and create a masterpiece at the end. It's like a, a car creeping up from zero miles an hour to 100 miles an hour until at the end... I was literally on the edge of my seat. Like I said, Tanahashi, he, he took some big boy bumps here. There was the, the splash of the table, the top rope dragon suplex that he, he bloodied his nose up from. And you could really feel the hatreds, like the legitimate hatred between these two guys. They were slapping the hell out of each other. We had Kenny Omega doing the Tenru power bombs, the, the, the deadlift power bombs. He looked like an absolute monster doing those. I love the moment where Kenny did a high fly flow on Tanahashi and Tanahashi kicks out a one. I'm always a, a big fan of a kicking out at one spot. Was there a slight botch at the end there when Tanahashi countered the... Yeah, Scampi thinks Scampi so. Scampi Bruce, I think so. Right. <laughs> Where Tanahashi countered the one-winged angel. I went back and watched it a few times. I, I wasn't really sure what Tanahashi was going for there. But again, it didn't detract from my enjoyment of it because I didn't really notice at the time. I just thought everything was awesome. And What did you think? So for me, it wasn't the best main event that I've seen at the Dome. But it definitely was the most dramatic, right? And and again, we've that's 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 we we give full marks to probably the best dramatic pro wrestler of all time in Hiroshi Tanahashi. And you know, arguably one of the greatest pro wrestlers of all time in Kenny Omega, right? Um and and the qualities that he brings to it to a big match show. It, it was it was great. It was, it was, you know, it was, a, it was, it was, it delivered as a main event at the Tokyo Dome. Um, and it was different from Kenny and, and, and Omega. And it was different from, uh, you know, matches years past of, of Okada and Tanahashi. Um, it felt, it, it, obviously with the competitors involved, it felt more like an Okada Tanahashi, obviously. It was dramatic pro wrestling at its best and its finest. Um, 
you know, to to be there live to see a title change. And you've se- you've seen the last two, which is pretty amazing, right? Um, you know, th- you felt it in the building. You know, people throw people like to be, you know, overly dramatic when it comes to things that they like or. You know, trying to just overemphasize the moment. I, I don't think I've ever been in a building where it's, it's it's there's been more drama in pro wrestling. I don't think I've ever been in a building where I've I've you know that 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 stupid ass cliche. You know, you cut to tension with a knife. I, you really felt it. It was it was almost you could stick your hands together and pull apart the tension that was in the air in the building. Um, and trust me, I was, I was tired. I was, I was legitimately tired. It was a long fucking day, but that made me just excited to be alive. Right. Like, you know, it was unbelievable. So, uh, awesome, awesome match. Um, four and three quarters, four and a half, four and three quarters. I don't know if I'm going full fives, you could easily, and fuck it, I'll go for four five. I don't give a shit for five, five from me. Um, it's just a, a wonderful pro wrestling event. Yeah, I'm going for five as well. Just being there live and having the stage and the setup to it with these two guys who were fighting over the soul of New Japan, and it's that huge pot for the win. I jumped out of my seat and cheered, and it's just an awesome feel good moment, especially after the disappointment of last year. A real privilege for me as well to see Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace, closing out a dome show with his air guitar because that just feels like a really iconic moment and I don't know if we're going to get one of those again. So it was just really special being there live. Kenny says that it's 1-1. So again, that might be suggesting that he's not leaving. An interesting thing here, Final Flash said as far back as Wrestle Kingdom 6, it's been Tanahashi, 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 Okada, 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 Tanahashi as uh, the person who wins the main event at the Dome and closes out the show. Do you think that's a problem? No, um, because I think that's well on its way to being, you know, rectified. And here's the thing, too. Well, I can't say for sure, for certain, but you would think with two dome shows coming up, you know, somebody's somebody's going to have to be a, a person to headline and and add their name to that to that list. Um, Tanahashi night one, Okada night two. Yeah, I was about to say it could happen. Um, I, I, look. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like a problem because, one, it, it would be a problem if we could sit there here and, and say this this company has trouble making stars, right? Or this trouble, this company still hasn't found their new, uh, I don't know, give me a name, you know, the new, the guy to, to replace Muda or the guy to replace Anoki or the guy to replace whomever. And there were periods in this company where they, they had trouble, right, um, doing that. So... No, I would be more concerned if that were the case, and that's not. And business is up, and we're doing two dome shows. I think I think they're on the right track. Whatever they're doing, it's working. A question here from Pumpkin Bully that says, "What do you guys think about the fact that Tanahashi won 
but defeated his own point in the build by using the table, going against the story of opposing ideologies. Another breadcrumb that will be followed up on for his character, or will it just be ignored and Tanahashi will be the same ace as before? I think it kind of built with the story in as much as it backfired and it nearly cost him the match. So I think it will be a little story beat to say that Tanahashi has got to stick with his ideology next time. And I just think that is something about Tanahashi in these big matches. You know, he likes to be the babyface ace and be the hero, but when the chips are down, he will do whatever he has to to win that match. He He's not above playing dirty and getting down in the muck to make sure he grinds out that win. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's just multifaceted, you know. He's he's able to be the the sunshine baby face. He's able you know, we've always said some of our best and most favorite moments from Tanahashi is being grimy and being dirty and being, you know, a bit of a prick. And yeah, he's he's able to do that and look I don't know if it's, this is going to go down as one of the greatest Wrestle Kingdom matches of all time. But I think, you know, it just adds to the laundry list. Again, it's it's not easy to be in a in, in the main event of of a huge show like this and consistently deliver. That's really the 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 mark of of greatness in pro wrestling. So not only put the people in the seats but then deliver when it's time to deliver. He does it consistently. You know, there's something to be said about that, and and, the, and just the legend that he is. And he just added another classic match to his to his resume when everybody said he shouldn't have, and everybody said that there was no way he could do it again, and everybody said that you know, let's be honest here, no one, you know, when he's walking out of that that TV taping, that ring of that ring of honor TV taping, and his arm. In Philadelphia, mind you. And his arm is fucked up. His bicep. Whatever it was. Whatever that injury was. No, but nobody thought he he would be there doing what he did. No one listening to the show. Be honest with yourself. No one thought that we'd be, we'd be here, right here and now, talking about Hiroshi Tanahashi in another epic performance in front of the largest crowd the Tokyo Dome has seen for New Japan Pro Wrestling in many, many moons. No one thought that that that, that was that Tanahashi would be closing the show air guitaring with the IWGP Heavyweight Title. Yeah, and but you can't argue with the decision because uh, here's the thing: it, it was a transitional show. Every title changed hands. We had lots of guys doing the job in dare I say somewhat perfunctory manner on their way out. They're establishing new stars. And Tanahashi winning the title, it's like hitting the reset button on the title picture. And it's just a, a very exciting year ahead. Yeah, it's amazing. And I, it doesn't feel like a backwards. You know, I know a lot of people might think, it, you know, just because of the name that's associated with it. I don't think it's a backwards. Now, look, Tanahashi, I, don't, I really don't think Tanahashi is your future, mind you. Right? I don't, and, and, and I don't think it's, it's where we're building around Hiroshi Tanahashi as, you know, I don't think this this is what this is. Um, I think this is a, 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 a we're moving forward, but we're also pausing a little bit to stop, collect, and see where we are with with the future stars that are going to lead this company. So, um, no, by no means do I think that this is a transitional champion, but I think that this is not going to be one of those long reign Hiroshi Tanahashi's. 
Uh, Tyler says, in a vacuum, Wrestle Kingdom was a freaking awesome show, but watching it live, my initial reaction was it under-delivered based on our high expectations for it. How did you feel when you left Tokyo Dome and has your opinion changed since? Um, I felt after those final three matches, I thought it delivered big. I was delighted with it. I had an excellent time. I think, and here's the thing, even with the undercard, you know, I thought the, every match, every match was good. You know, there was nothing. And again, I'm pissing during Cody and, and Jew, so I can't look, I can't judge that. But, you know, um, no, I left there. I think everybody left there really looking at each other, smiling and being like, good show. That was a real good fucking show. Yeah. I mean, if I've got five matches at four or above, so I've got Zach and Ishii at four stars, four and a quarter for um, Ibushi Osprey, four and a half for Okada White, four and three quarters for Naito Joko, and five stars for Tanahashi Omeka. To me, that's a Wrestle Kingdom that's delivered and delivered big. If a uh, question from Dave says, was this the worst Wrestle Kingdom out of the past three years? I, in terms of live experience, I can only compare it to last year. And last year, the undercard was much better, but nothing on that show, I think, peaked as high as the highs of those final three matches. Seeing Jay White snatch that win, Naito hitting Jericho with that IC title belt and winning that match, and then the main event and seeing Tanahashi win the guard. I mean, I love the Goto Suzuki match as the Omega Jericho match was a lot of fun. And the main event was a, a quality match, a bit of a shocking for Wrestle Kingdom 12, but I don't think anything there peaked as high as the top three matches for Wrestle Kingdom 13. I like this one better than last year's. Um, I think the main event was better. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't have a mute button. I forgot my chords. <laughs> um, it's hard for me. To, I'm, I'm really having trouble kind of going back and forth. Overall, I, I know I left the building thinking that I saw a better show than I did the year previous. And I, I and I like the years previous. I, I think this, I, I walked out thinking this one was better. I still, and I still do. Axel says, were the Wrestle Kingdom match lengths in consideration of being rebroadcasted on commercial TV? Do you think that played a factor? No. No. I, I think at, at no point were they sitting in, in the back saying, oh, we got to shave time for Access TV. <laughs> no. No. Uh, Insider says, how do you feel about every title changing hands at the Dome? Was it too much or does it not matter to you at all? I think it makes total sense. And uh, I've said before, you cannot argue with a booking for every single one of those title changes. They all make sense. And like I said, it's a transitional show. You're establishing new stars and it just feels like a new era with new stars being ushered in. So, um, no, I, I'm not sitting here thinking, oh, well, someone should have retained the title. Right. And I think that, the, you know, sometimes your your hands are forced when you, you know, have to change a title. Um, no. I, I Look, there was no point where I was looking at anybody saying, they changed another fucking title, you know? Not, not once I was, like, thinking that. So, nope, I, I'm, I'm totally okay with everything there. Attendance, we got 38,162 mm. paid. So, that's a, a 3,000 bump from last year, but short, well, short. of 40,000. What, yeah. What's your take on that? You were in the building. There were a lot of fucking people in that building. It felt like it was it was more than was, uh, yeah. I mean, maybe I'm terrible at counting those kind of things, but and three thousand is nothing to sneeze at. But it felt like it was fucking. It felt like it was seventy thousand people in the fucking building. Um, trust me, getting out of the building, it felt like it was seventy thousand people. Um, 
Yeah, they let all the people with the expensive seats go first, I noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, they, they also let um, the first level go. Yeah, so for, like the first level, were the fir- I was one of the first people out the door. Um, and, they, and they held the floor people back, um, it, it seemed like, because um, you know, you're kind of walking out the door looking at the field. It felt like, it, I mean, look, that, the numbers are the numbers, but it felt like there was a ton of people there. I mean, it was packed. Um, and lots of sections that were that were filled with people, second levels, you know, that were filled with people that there definitely wasn't there, you know, last year or the year before. Hmm. I'm a little. I, I gave the number forty two, so I guess I, I lose. Did I did I bet anything on that? Uh, no, no cartwheels. Whew, good. All right. Good. But you know, would have been nice to see the forty number hit paid, but we'll see. Let's touch on this issue about All Elite Wrestling because we didn't have a chance to discuss this yet. Dave Meltzer said on Wrestling Observer Radio that uh, All Elite, Ring of Honor and NJPW will meet. So I guess it's already happened on the 5th of January to discuss how they can work with each other. And also said, which I guess you take with a grain of salt, that WWE made Kenny Omega a fantastic offer. So what's your thoughts on this All Elite Wrestling situation? How do you think it will play out with regards to Kenny Omega, Young Bucks, Cody, etc., and their involvement in New Japan, and also what it means for Ring of Honor. Right. So the hardest part for uh, – they want to sign, from what I understand, and I've been talking to one or two professional-style wrestlers, that what they want to do is they want to sign people to deals. But that's kind of hard to commit to signing a deal when you're – you're, you are basing it off of one show in Chicago and then a lot of, you know, nothing's concrete, nothing's developed. Now, Kenny Omega is going to be a different story, I would assume, in the sense of, one, he's going to be a big fish in a smaller pond, right, number one. And then number two, you know, you would think he would have some type of, uh, I don't want to say ownership or some, you know, some some kind of stake in it. Um, so, and, and you're in a company that you're, that your friends are running and you, and you know what I mean? Like that, there's something to be said about that. You don't have to deal with the bullshit. You know, your friends are running, you know, you're going to get taken care of and you know that you'll have creative control. He's not going to have creative control in WWE. Come on. One thing you, you even mentioned that one, if one thing goes wrong that he doesn't like in WWE, you think he's going to sit there and just be silent? Come on. We we know that's not going to be the case. He's not going to like life there. I mean, there's the money. Money's a beautiful thing. Trust me, it's a beautiful thing, and, and you especially know it when you don't have it. But uh, it doesn't change everything. It's, it really doesn't. So, uh, even though a big offer has apparently been made to Kenny, my gut says he's with all elite. That's my gut. I think he's going back to DDT. And they're going to sell out the Tokyo Dome. Omega versus Ibushi 4, I guess it will be. DDT, huh? Well, good I for think them. He, just, he loves Japan too much to pack that in. I can't see him just up in sticks. And I guess if all elite wrestling is based exclusive, what, primarily in the States, I just I don't think that's what Kenny Omega wants. He's Listen, when, you, when you're talking about a significant, significant WWE offer, you you know you know how many zeros are at the end of that. 
that that, sh- that changes a lot of likes. You 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 might start liking other things <laughs> a little bit more. Um, okay, so come on, David, gun to your head. Will Kenny Omega appear in the Royal Rumble this month? No. How's that? No. He will right, not pretty be Pretty definitive. What what's your thinking behind that? I, again, I think he's. I I think the, the he'll. I, I just can't imagine him. He's not AJ Styles. He's not um, Carl Anderson. He's not Doc Gallows. He's not Kushida. He, he is, he, again, he, he's the guy that's going to play whatever the fuck that video game video entrance is for his main event at the Tokyo Dome. You think Vince is going to look at that and be like, what the fuck is this? Right? And then, and then he gets his, you know, asshole all puckered up and all riled up, and he's, you know, just pissed off and he's fuming. You know, we know him. Well, we don't really know him, but you know, we, you know, he likes creative control. I don't. I just. I can't imagine him being happy. I can't imagine him being happy. I don't know the guy, you know, but just everything that you you, you see and read, I I don't I don't think there's enough money in the world that could make him happy in that situation. I can't imagine I, it. I agree. I just found it really funny the way a lot of people online saw Tanahashi win and just went into absolute meltdown and thought that meant a that Kenny was definitely going to WWE and b that that meant wrestling is dead. So talk about really? jumping to conclusions, yeah. <laughs> Some people were really, really upset. If you're one of those people, don't worry. Everything's going to be okay. We'll it be really fine. is. Trust me, this, this companies come and go, that's for sure. But, you know, pro wrestling, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be fine. The, the, the company, will, New Japan will survive without Kenny Omega, trust me. Okay, next question then. The game in Gumbu, are people letting the AEW announcement affect their judgment of NJPW's future too much? Or is the potential of the Elite and Cody and Jericho leaving that big of a hit to NJPW? I don't think it's that big of a hit at all. I think I we're going to come up to New Year Dash in a minute, but the way the booking looks for the foreseeable future without Kenny and the Bucks and Cody and Hangman and those guys, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, me too. Uh, I don't. I don't. I mean, I know people want to hang their hat on this Western expansion on Young Bucks and 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 Cody and and Kenny and and listen, absolutely. Let's not downplay the significance that they have um, in 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 the and having that fan base. But then what? Now the fan base doesn't watch New Japan Pro Wrestling anymore. Is is that what we're talking about? I did see a few people saying. Well, I'm not going to be watching anymore. Okay, bye. I don't think you could discount that, but I, I suspect it's going to be a fairly small minority. Although Me too. I, I, I don't know. I do. I mean, I think I think people maybe were originally brought in by, um, you know, Kenny and, and the Bucks, and they were you know they liked what they saw there, and then they tuned into New Japan, and they became fans of the product. Um, look, there are, there are people that, you know, in sports that just follow, you know, they don't give a shit about where the, the, their favorite player plays, where they play is now their favorite team. And there are people like that. Um, if, if that's, I don't, you know, 
to me, it's uh, and again, it's certainly not about brand loyalty or any kind of nonsense like that. But you know, if if, if I you know I not this not that I'm going to sit here and, and tell somebody how to like what they like. Just that just seems a very narrow minded view that you only like that. So so you, did you not watch the rest of the shows? You only watched their matches. Like you only you only watch Kenny Omega matches. Or you only watched Young Bucks matches or Cody matches, and then everything else you just hand waved. I find well, that that's hard. my thinking. Right, if those people, fans of the elite, are brought to the table to watch Wrestle Kingdom because they like those guys, if they sat and watched that whole show, and genuinely at the end of it they have zero interest in Will Ospreay or Tetsuya Naito or Okada or Jay White or Tanahashi, if they watch that and it they are totally unmoved by it and they're not interested. They don't want to see any more of it. Then I don't know what to say. I guess new Japan is just not for them, but I can't imagine you'd sit and watch that as a fan of wrestling and think, uh, this is rubbish. I don't want to see this again because it hasn't got my favorite boys in it. Right. That makes that. I mean, honestly, if if that's the case, don't let the door hit you in the ass. Bye. Flush, flush, flush your phone down the toilet and never listen to us again. <laughs> because, because, you know, what the, I mean, what's the point? I mean, listen, you know, we haven't always been the, the biggest rah-rahers of, of Kenny and, and, and all that and the elite and all that. But in ring we have. You know, it's been outside the ring, the stuff that we've kind of hand-waved. But, yeah, I mean, if, if, that, if that's really what brings you to the table and, and you, you couldn't find a way to sink your teeth into this product just only from them, Bye. See you later. Adios. Let's get into New Year Dash. My first trip to Karakuen Hall. I loved it there. It's just a totally opposite experience to being at the Dome. It's small and it's hot and intimate and noisy. And you can hear every chop and every slam and every yell. We had great seats right by the front. If you go back and watch it where Izuka's coming down at the start, you can clearly see us. I had such a fun time during the show, David. Wasn't it great? Yeah. I mean, look, it, that that whole leading up to even getting in and you're just kind of like, okay, we're, we're actually getting in. And I just remember turning around looking at you and be like, we're in. This is happening. And um, yeah, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bit. I said my my goodbye to, to it. So like the rest of the time that I spend here, uh, I'm not going to any more wrestling shows. I went to the Noah show this afternoon, um, and I just stood there for like two two or three minutes, and I just took it in. And I took a couple of pictures, and and it's like you know you kind of I'll see you next time, you know. And you go to, go down the stairs, and you know I got my Damon McDonald on the wall, and I gave it a little slap, you know, just to be like, all right, you're here. And um, you know, it's it's just a wonderful place. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that, I'm glad that that was was one of your first experiences. That's 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 fun. And it's and here's the thing too. We talked about it. How it's special that people, you know, only a few select people get in there. And the reason why it's special is is because everyone cares passionately about that product, right? Nobody's getting into that building if you don't really go out of your way to follow and enjoy New Japan Pro Wrestling. So there is some. You know, and and trust me, that's not to say that the people who weren't able to get in um, aren't special because they certainly are. I mean, I felt I, there was part of me that was so excited to go, and then there was a part of me that was like, ah, I gotta, you know, my friends, you know, they they want to be here too. Um, 
I got, I'm glad I got to share that with you. Um, but I wish I could have brought everybody along. Yeah, I actually think I enjoyed Karakuen more than the Tokyo Dome. I'm probably not alone in saying that. But uh, despite what you said, David, I suspect one or two people there last night were hoping to see Kenny Omega. And it was interesting that there were zero elite wrestlers booked on this show. Given that the Young Bucks, they were still in Tokyo. They're in Disneyland. They hadn't left yet. Um, so Tyler says, we obviously know the elite are starting AW and the status of NJPW's in the air at best, but why were none of them booked for Dash, especially Omega? Seems weird to me, especially when they could have been used for angles on their way out. I think they made the right call in not using them and putting the focus on the people who are staying with the company rather than the people who were on their way out. So I can't really argue with that booking at all. I, I agree with that and and know that even with that said, I, I, I think they deserved... Well, here's the thing, too. Even the people that... Again, the rumors about Kushida leaving, um, he didn't get a send-off. You know, he didn't, he didn't get a, a a moment where he can bask in the, the, the adulation for what he's accomplished in New Japan and what he's meant. So why should the Bucks? Why should Cody? Why should... I don't want... You know... I, I, I wanna, I'm going to take that back. Because I think Kenny Omega would des- deserves that. He des- he he. I really do. I, I truly believe that he deserves a swan song. Um. But you know, even 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 AJ got a swan song. I mean, he took one winged angel and, and and got kicked out of bull club and all that shit. But he was able to sit in that stand in that ring and sit in that ring and bow and pay respect. Um. Kenny deserves that too, if that's the case. Well, let's get into the matches themselves, which we didn't find out until 6.30. So the first match was Sho, Yo, and Rocky Romero defeating Davey Boy Smith, Lance Archer, and Takashi Izuka, with Yo getting the pin over Izuka with a rolling clutch hold after eight minutes. What a pleasure it is seeing Lance Archer in a live wrestling experience, especially at Karakuen. He's He's just a tremendous... Uh, experience for the live fan you know the screaming and the just one little moment really stood in my memory David where this was long after his match had finished and I saw him in that little backstage area walking past us just in his tracksuit and he just caught my eye just for a split second and he snarled at me just totally staying in character I just I think he's a real throwback I, I love Lance Archer yeah, yeah and he seems like a good guy too um the you know I called that let let me take a victory lap, shall I? Um, yes, you did. You did. You know the way that they were they were putting that match together. I'm like, you know, wouldn't it be great if these uh, these young? Well, first I was like, these guys are gonna get killed. <laughs> Showing yo, why would you put them in in the ring with these monsters? Um, and then they're working the match, and they were doing all the you know they were doing the small guy tag team versus the big guy tag team, which and they did it really really well. And Rocky Romero was great too. Um, and as the match goes along, I, I was like, when it, they're going to win this fucking match. It might be a, a slip on a banana peel kind of thing, but I really feel like they're going to win this match. And, and that's a perfect way to do that. Again, we talk about opening matches and setting a tone of surprises and, and, and energy and the crowd was into it. And yeah, I mean, that's uh, it's a nice win for Roppongi 3K uh, against, a, against a big boy tag team. You know, it it is, I don't want to say that, that, that stuff like that doesn't necessarily mean much in in the year, but it kind of does, right? A slip on a banana peel win is still a slip on a banana peel win. So 
Um, I liked the match a lot. I thought it was fun, fast-paced, and uh, I liked the finish a lot. It was fun. Now, it has actually happened several times before. I've opened up cage match here, and that team of Rocky, Sho, and Yo has defeated a Suzuki Gun team. Uh, looking, this is 4th of May. They defeated Taichi, Takamich, and Oku and Izuka. On the 3rd of May, they defeated the same team, Davey Boy Smith, Lance Archer, and Takashi Izuka. That was a uh, wrestling Dontaku. So, yeah, they there is previous here with Roppongi 3K getting wins over heavyweights, particularly Killer Elite Squad. But my take from this, I don't know if they're building up to uh, a long-term feud or anything, or maybe just a bit of rehabbing for Roppongi 3K, who are big stars here. The Kraken crowd love them. They obviously didn't get the win yesterday, and they just want to give them a bit of a boost. Yeah, it seems like the people that you know needed to be recharged or or um, brought back to you know, warmed up a bit. You know that that was that was Dash's job, and I think it did it and did it well. Good. Uh, second match was Chase Owens and Yujiro Takahashi defeating Tohinari and Tomaki Honma in nine minutes after Chase pinned Hinari following a package driver. And again, I guess this was just getting Chase Owens and Yujiro a bit of shine for them and a way for them to worm their way back into the Bullet Club. But nothing really remarkable about this match. Um, I like Chase Owens. I would like to see more of him. And I suspect with him picking up the win here that we could be seeing him featured on some of these stateside shows. Yeah. Um it's funny because we were talking during the match and it was like, man, there's no reference to Bullet Club anywhere on these guys. <laughs> I was like, look at the ring. Here. I mean, what are they? I guess they're out on their own. You know, it's kind of funny um, how things turn out on a show that you notice and then dots get connected. Um, yeah, Hanare got, got some work as well, which was nice we t- after talking to him. Um, just some of the things, you know, I don't know why they don't tell wrestlers in advance what they're doing. It's like, you know, you, you, one of the biggest questions you always ask, the, you know, somebody you know, when they're talking to you is like, and again, I'm sure that they don't necessarily want to spill beans about stuff, but they generally, the general consensus is that they have no idea until they get to the building um, what, what how they're going to be used and, and in what capacity. So um, it's good to see him get some work. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a good match. It was fine. Okay, the next match after that was a bit of a throwback to the World Tag League. We had David Finley and Juice Robertson defeating best friends Chucky T and Beretta in nine minutes after uh, Chucky T got himself disqualified, hitting David Finley with a chair. So I was a little bit frustrated that we didn't get the payoff to this Chucky T thing, so it's ongoing. But we got the little moment with uh, Beretta's mother in the crowd, which was quite fun, and him going over to hug her. And then I didn't notice this at the time, but apparently after the disqualification incident, there was like a split second where it looked like Chucky was going to turn and go towards Beretta's mother, but he didn't in the end. But uh, yeah, this story chugs along. We still know further to see in the resolution. I'm slow burn, slow burn. But I, and like I said, I, um, or I didn't say, but you said, I, I love the moment with his mom. I, I don't know why I really did really... Thought it was really heartwarming because you could tell she was super excited. Um, I don't know. I, I just, for some dopey reason, I just thought that was a, a real heartwarming moment. Yeah, and she was coming out. I don't know if you noticed later on in the show, she was sort of hanging around in front of us. She came around the other side. So 
I was going to get her autograph, but no, no, I wasn't going to get her autograph. <laughs> hey, look, I've got <laughs> Trent Barretta's mum's autograph here. Who wants to buy it on eBay? All right, uh, fourth match. Now, this was a great match. I really enjoyed this one. The six-man tag team match between Will Ospreay, Hiroki Goto, and Tomohiro Ishii. What a team that is. Oof. Against uh, Kushida, Jeff Cobb, and Yuji Nagata. Will Ospreay pinning Kushida in 40 minutes after a Stormbreaker. Sizzling match. Really, really hot crowds. Amazingly worked. Fast-paced. And as this was going through, Kushida was getting quite a lot in. And I thought, oh, what's going on here? Are we going to get maybe Kushida sneaking a pin over one of these guys and maybe Kushida's moving up to the heavyweights and he's not leaving after all? And then he gets pinned by Will Ospreay. And there was just that moment where, taking into account the fact that the night prior to that, Taiji Shimori is no-selling Kushida's punch to the face and then beating him with relative ease. And then here he gets pinned by Ospreay again. We had Osprey teasing his big knockout elbow, but then shows mercy. Kushida still loses, and then he gets the patronizing little fist bump on his way out. Uh, are you looking forward to Kushida's feud with Aria Daivari on 205 Live? <laughs> uh, see, uh, but here's the thing. I didn't think it was patronizing, the, the fist bump. I, I definitely... I No, I, I saw it, you know, as, as Will kind of trying to give him, the you know, at least let him know what, what he meant to him and they and they work flawlessly together they have chemistry and they have uh, a, a dynamic working arrangement in, in that they both look great together and i and it's those moments where it's just like ah fuck i wish i wish they could have found something to do with a guy um yeah i love this match i really did i think this is one of the m- maybe my favorite match of the night it, it, it was it was hot sizzling as you said uh, fast paced and especially with Will and Kushida I really um, you know they had great matches together and I, I think that they I don't know again I, I keep falling back I wish there was something they could they could have done with Kushida because it just seems like the reason this is all happening is because there really isn't there anything they can do with him anywhere and he's done everything that he can with the company so on he goes there was one moment I thought was really cool in this match where Osprey went for the Os cutter. I think it was on Nagata, and then Jeff Cobb got in the way, was there instead, and grabbed uh, a court Will Osprey, and they looked at each other and had like little goofy expressions on their face. I, I thought that was fun, and it seems like we're building up two programs. It seems like Jeff Cobb and Goto still have unfinished business. Whether that's going to be an ROH, maybe over the ROH TV title that Cobb is holding. And something brewing at the end with Ishii and Nagata, which I thought was awesome because I thought maybe we were done with Yuji Nagata, but he signed a new deal. And I thought, huh, what's that about? Are they actually going to start using him? So maybe we're going to get a little singles program with those guys going into New Beginning, which I think would be great because I love seeing singles programs in New Japan that are not over a title because they're quite rare. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's not like Nagata can't deliver. And and we know Ishii can so, yeah. I think it's a nice you know mid winter, early spring kind of thing to to get from point A to point B. Um, yeah, I I got no problem with that. Um, and I did I did notice that little interaction between Jeff Cobb and and uh, and Will. You know the catching and him you know shaking his boots scared out of his pants. Um, at the fear of, of being tossed around by Jeff Cobb, who is a, who is a beast. 
in that ring. He is a beast. I'm scared of Jeff Cobb as well because uh, my first full day in Tokyo, me and Mally were off to meet some people and I saw Jeff Cobb and David Finley and a couple of ladies hanging around outside of Starbucks and I pointed to Mally and said, oh, look, they're, they're a couple of wrestlers. And Mally's like, oh, let's go and talk to them. I was like, no, don't. I forbid you. Do. I was like grabbing her arm. I was like, do not talk to them. But she just went straight over. It's like, oh, hi, guys. Are you working at the show tomorrow? And they were like, yeah, yeah. And Oh, we're going to the show. Oh, cool. Right on. And I was just mortified. <laughs> she's the best. She's got brass balls, man. She does. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She's the best. All right. What else we got? Uh, next match was the uh, fifth match, never openweight six-man tag team championship with Taiji Shimori, Tangaloa, and Tamatonga retaining a championship oh. against the challengers of Ryusuke Taguchi, Toriyano, and Togi Makabe. I was a bit surprised about this one because I thought they would get those belts off of uh, G.O.D. and Ishimori because given the fact that Ishimori has two titles, I thought they couldn't have him defending both. And I quite liked the Yano Makabe Taguchi team. I thought they had a fun dynamic there, so I thought they were going to win. But they didn't. Aside from that, not really much to write home about. I'm enjoying the Tamatonga, a good guy Tamatonga character. It's quite funny the way he's sort of inverting his character by not wanting to do... Like, for example, when Yano's taken off the turnbuckle pads and Tamatonga doesn't want to Irish whip people into that, so he Irish whips them into the safe one instead. And I'm assuming that this whole thing is uh, because of the Bullet Club block party and being a babyface is going to sell more tickets to that. That whole thing that he's doing with the guys from what culture or whatever it is. I assume that's what's going on there. But uh, any thoughts on this match? Um, yeah, I like. I, I do like good guy Tama Tonga. Um, I do. I, and here's the thing. I, I didn't mind Tonga low. And I didn't mind anybody really in this match. Um, There's nobody that, that were always kind of like, ugh, they're just fucking terrible. Um, successfully defending the title? Would it, would it have been too much to have you know, what was it? Not would it be nine title changes in two days? Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay with a successful defense here. It, truth be told, Makabe, Taguchi, Yano, eh, I'm I'm okay with them not holding any gold right now. I'm I'm pretty fine with that. Seemed like uh, they were setting up Taguchi to be Ishimori's first challenger for the junior title because he was holding him in that. What's it called? Old Bite and Garfunkel or whatever it is. So, yeah, uh, yeah nice, easy first defense there for Ishimori. But uh, again, Taguchi is a guy we see a lot of bullshit from him. But when the tap on the shoulder comes, he can put on a good singles match. So I'm excited to see uh, serious wrestler Taguchi, which hopefully we'll get a new beginning. Um, what do you think of this potential match? Um, well, I mean, listen. I, I like the fact that he's that Ishimori is getting a, a successful title defense, right? That's a positive right there. Can't say I'm overly excited for Taguchi. Um, again, with with the promise of serious Taguchi, uh, I'm I'm better. I'm feeling better about it, but uh, I'm I'm more positive on the fact that it's a it's a it's a notch for Ishimori to kind of help strengthen his run as as champion. Uh, the sixth match was the 10-man tag match with Suzuki-gun team, El Desperado, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, Taichi, Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki, defeating the LIJ team, Shingo Takagi, Bushi Sanada, Evil and Tetsuya Naito in 16 minutes, with Taichi getting the pin over Intercontinental Champion Tetsuya Naito with a black Mephisto, with a lot of shenanigans as well. There was a, a chair shot right off the bat and a belt shot. And I was saying to you, Damon, how I thought it was very clever the way that they've 
built up an angle and built up the character of Taichi by leaving him off of Wrestle Kingdom completely. So the whole story being that he's got a big chip on his shoulder because he keeps getting screwed over, left out of the G1, left off of Wrestle Kingdom, and he's pissed off and he's snapped and he's not going to take it anymore. And I just thought that was really well done. And I obviously, being a big Taichi fan, I'm excited about him having this match with Naito. Their previous two matches I thought were really good. I think the 